Welcome to the Grappling Discourse Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Scaff. Today, I want to talk about overcoaching. This past Saturday, I coached a handful of our students at a local Naga. I learned a really important lesson that I wanted to share with you guys. One of our students had an amazing day, and I didn't even know she was competing. First, I want to give you a background of her training experience, and then I want to tell you the lesson she taught me. This student is 14 years old. She's been training for a couple of years now. She didn't start with us. She actually started at a gym that's about an hour and a half away. And this gym is pretty much just a gi school. I don't think they trained any no gi at all. And that's one of the reasons she first started cross training with us. She's since made the full switch and she trains with us full time. But when she first came to us, she was looking to just, you know, train once a week, maybe once every other week, so she could get some more exposure to no gi. And the reason she wanted that exposure was because she is a big time competitor. She loves to compete. She would compete every weekend if she was able to. So I'd say she competes once a month, once every other month, and they go all over her. Her dad and her mom go all over the Southeast. And whenever she does a tournament, she tries to jump into as many brackets as they will allow her to do. And so she was doing a lot of no-gi brackets. And she wasn't happy with her performances. She wasn't placing like she wanted to. And she just felt frustrated. She didn't know. She felt like she was missing a lot of the foundational, the basics of no-gi grappling. Luckily, one of her friends had trained um, you know, uh, quite a few months at a 10th Planet gym, the one down in Gulf Shore, Uh, Gulf Shores and he told her about us so that's how she found out about us she started training with us and after a couple of months she decided to make the full switch she wasn't happy at her original school Um, you know there were some things she didn't like about it and when she started training with us it really exposed her to you know just a different jujitsu and a different atmosphere that she really wanted to to become a part of well when she first started training with us um, it was tough to assess her skill because she's you know at the time she's a 13 year old girl and she's training in an adult class So she is homeschooled, so the best times for her to come were our noon classes. Well, our noon classes are where the most talented guys, where a lot of our full-time, whether they're fighters or, you know, jujitsu, you know, professional competitors, like that's where they train. That's where me and Brandon train. That's where a lot of our killers train. So she's on the mat with, you know, all adults, and there's no one even close to her size. So like I, like you guys can imagine, it's tough to kind of gauge somebody's grappling you know, skills when they're by far the least experienced as well as the weakest, as well as the youngest. So that was a challenging aspect from a coaching perspective is, you know, like when she's coming in, especially like she's wanting to compete, it's just tough to kind of build a game plan. You know, I, I, in an ideal world, I'd want to see her just roll with teenagers her age and and you know right around her size and and skill level to see where she's at well that isn't what happened (laughs) so it was obvious to me in the beginning that she was very gi dependent Um, a lot of her best offense looked like it came from the grip she didn't really have very many uh, she didn't really have a game plan when it came to no gi and just talking to her you know that's what it was like she just didn't know how to pass without getting grips you know when she got to mount without the cross collar choke what was she supposed to do And so 
we really had to kind of start and kind of go back and, you know, she obviously knew how to shrimp and do the basic movements, but we just, you know, we really had to kind of give her some fundamentals of no gi that she was missing because she was, you know, just so reliant on the gi. Well, she was competing, you know, she's been competing the, the entire time she's been in our gym and her results have been mixed. I've personally coached her. I've been at three of her tournaments and I've been in her corner for, for all three that I was there. And then she's done probably three or four that I wasn't able to attend. And it, it was funny because it's funny because um, the ones that the, so the two prior to Saturday, so the two prior to Saturday, um, she did not do well. She got beat, and I want to say she got beaten every single match. And her last Naga, which was, I believe, in October of last year, she got absolutely smoked. She got submitted. She probably had five matches, got submitted in all five, and really just looked overwhelmed. And, you know, th these were gi and no gi divisions. And it was a really tough day for, you know, and you're always trying to cheer, cheer the competitor up, you know, after they have a tough day like that. And you really try and game plan how you know how you can help them them get better in the gym, and you know I had some ideas for her, and you know she's been working on things, and she just has a lot of really good like great like women mentors at our gym that have been helping her. Um, but yeah, as I said, she she had a rough performance, and the tournament prior to that it, it was wasn't as bad. Um, you know, she didn't get beat as bad, but she still you know I believe she won one match that day and, and then lost the rest. But her dad was telling me, you know, like she was the tournaments that she was going and doing that I wasn't there and that no, nobody else from our gym was there. She was going and winning. She was like going and double golding. And I thought that was really strange um, just because, again, like when I'd seen her out there, she looked she looked frazzled. She looked anxious. She looked um, she just didn't she didn't look comfortable out there on the competition mats. And, you know, she didn't look fluid. It, she was having a tough time even just starting her game. Well, her dad, you know, is coming back and reporting that she's like dominating these divisions, like submitting people. And I'm like, what? Like, unless, you know, the tournament she goes to, like she's either maybe entering a lower skill division or, you know, maybe just the talent level, you know, that day it just wasn't as high as the ones that I had been to. And anytime you go to a local tournament like that, like an amateur tournament, you never know who you're going to face. You might end up with some kid that's been grappling since they were two years old and now they're 12 and they're basically a little black belt. Like they've been training a decade and their dad's some like, again, Brazilian black belt and he's just been teaching them since they got out of the womb. Or you can have some kid that trains kind of at a McDojo. Maybe he's even training at a karate gym and the karate school's just entered, you know, and so you get to fight two kids that, you know, train mostly karate and you get to, you know, kind of school them and dominate them and get your highlight. Um, and same thing for the adult division. Like you never know, you know, you enter an expert division. So like this past weekend in Naga, I only saw blues and purple belts in the expert divisions. And sometimes you'll go to a Naga though, and you'll get somebody like maybe like Ryan Hall steps in there or Gordon Ryan steps in there. Like you just, you never know. So I was wondering that like, okay, maybe like, cause the girls she had had went against, especially in that last Naga were really good. They came from really good gyms. I respect their coaches. I have good relationship with their coaches. So I knew it was going to be a tough day and they were actually even like they were high, uh, more highly, um, they were a higher belt rank than her as well. They'd been grappling for a year or two. So again, it was a tough day for her, but her dad was telling me about one, she went and competed, uh, down in Florida. 
in Pensacola, and they ended up putting her in a gi and no gi boys division. So boys her age, boys her size sizes, and she won. She won both. I think she got silver in the gi division, but she won no gi, and she won by submission. She won both of her matches by submission in no gi. And I'm thinking, I'm like, man, you know, I just I had seen her get dominated by in the girls' divisions. Um, and she went and just dominated this boys' division. It just didn't add up in my mind. So it, it was funny. This past um, Saturday, I didn't know she was competing. Um, you know, with the snowstorms, our gym was basically closed most of last week. It was a really strange week for us. And so I wasn't quite sure, actually, who all was competing. I thought we only had adults. So I had planned on getting there 30 minutes to an hour before the adult division started. And the teen divisions typically go right before the adults. So they start right around 1130 uh, noon. And then some of the teens will, you know, be going at 1230. So when I got there at 1230, she just happened to be going. And so I looked and I was like, oh, dang, you know, her name's Natalie. I said, oh, dang, like Natalie's competing. And it was in the middle of the match. And her dad was just sitting in the chair and filming. And I was just watching from afar, like, you know, 100 yards away. And I stopped and watched, and she absolutely dominated this girl. She got a takedown, passed the guard, mounted, like just dominated. And I was like, really? I was like, wow, okay. And so in my mind, I thought, you know, I wonder if my coaching has been holding her back, okay? And so she ended up having another match, um, you know, 10 minutes later. They, they called her back up. She had another match. Same thing. Looked incredible. Like looked so much better than she's ever looked in competition. I didn't let her know um, after her her uh, her first match. I didn't let her know that I was there and that I was watching. And so, again, it was just her dad in the chair, not saying a word, just filming her match in the coach's chair. And she went out and dominated this girl. Took gold in that division. She was in the next division, so they actually bumped her up into the expert, the teen expert division. And she fought this really, this girl was really, really good. I'm telling you, this girl's guard was really good. This girl had easily been training four or five years. And she ended up beating this girl. This girl, like, tried, like, um, she tried some really interesting guard attacks on Natalie. She put her in, you know, a couple of really inter- interesting uh, shoulder lock variations. She tried, like, omoplata. She tried pop triangles. Natalie did a great job. She defended super well. And she ended up passing the guard. And her passing side to side, both sides looked blue belt level. Like, it looked like an adult blue belt. I mean, she just moved super smooth. She ended up winning that match by two points. And she got, um, she just had one match in that division. And this girl was the same size, but she was actually um, two years older. So I believe she was 16. And she had just gotten her blue belt. So she just, I just watched her take out a you know 16-year-old blue belt. And I, I couldn't believe it. And so I went up to her and, you know, she was like, oh, you know, and I was telling her, I was like, you know, I I watched all your matches. I was like, you looked incredible. I I was like, you know, you competed like I, like I knew, like I'd seen you roll like well in the gym, you know, and I'd, I knew that you, you were, were pretty good, but you just looked incredible. And I just was like, you know, I just want you to be honest here. Like, do you do better without a coach? Like, has my instruction, uh, you know, or whoever's been in your corner's instruction been, you know, hurting your performances? And she, you know, really shyly, because she's kind of a shy girl, uh, but she was really honest. She was like, yeah, she was like, I don't like when you coach me. <laughs> and 
I've always thought like she doesn't learn well with verbal instructions. And there are students like that, that, you know, you tell them, uh, you know, you give them verbal cues and they, they don't do as well. They do much better if you just, you know, you show them the movement and then let them kind of work and work through that movement. And as they get repetition, it, you know, kind of eventually works into their DNA and then they can hit it really well. Well, I um, realized that I was really kind of, you know, as I used verbal instructions, like the, the couple of times that I'd coached her previously, as I was using verbal instructions, it was kind of throwing her brain off. Like she wasn't able to get into a comfortable rhythm. She wasn't able to play the game and just do what came natural to her. She was trying to process what I was saying to do as a coach because she didn't want to not do what I was saying. And it was completely messing up her performance. I mean, again, the performances were night and day. And that girl that she beat in the expert division was just as good as those girls, if not much better than the girls that had beat her at the last knockout. And it was just a really big wake-up call to me that, I, you know, I did a podcast episode. I've done probably two or three now. I mean, shoot, I'm almost at 200 episodes. But I know I've talked about coaching a bunch and, and how passionate I am about coaching. But I didn't go through the processes that I normally would with an athlete with her because – Honestly, she was a teenager, you know, and I just assumed, well, the teenager, I'm there, I'm going to coach her, you know. I didn't ask her if she wanted to be coached or how she wanted me to coach her. Um, I, I just, I didn't do a good job communicating with her. And she was never comfortable with me or, you know, even somebody else from our gym being in her corner giving verbal instructions. And I can really relate with this because there was definitely like a time like um, where, uh, I felt like in, in tournaments, I performed better without a coach because kind of the same thing, you know, if somebody was yelling um, instructions, it was really tough for me to, you know, do the things I felt. I'm definitely a much more like a, a feel-based grappler. And if I'm hearing instructions, it kind of throws me off of my game. And I've told people in the past, and I remember I told Brandon at one or two tournaments, like, no, no, like, I, I don't really want you to instruct me. You know, I just want you to give me the time. And, you know, tell, if, you, if I look tense, like, you know, tell me to, to breathe, relax, you know, but let me know how much time is, is left. And, you know, if you see something super obvious, especially like defensively, like, hey, he's looking to set this up, then, you know, give me a heads up. But, you know, I don't want you coaching me step by step. And that helped me tremendously. So, I just, I realized like, man, you know, she, she's a lot more like me than, you know, um, than, than I thought. And I definitely, um, it, it was funny. I, I learned a really important lesson and just a, a, a reminder that, you know, some people do do better without coaches. And so if you are in a, in a student's year or, you know, you just happen to show up to a tournament and, you know, maybe you're a purple belt, you see one of your buddies competing, that's a white or blue belt. Like, honestly, look, if you don't have that coaching relationship, like make sure you ask them. Don't just start yelling out random instructions, you know, you know, and I get it. Like everybody there wants to help, you know, you want to help your teammate, your training partner, your friend. But sometimes the best thing you can do is to shut up. And that's what I did. So it was funny, Natalie, you know, after I talked to her, I gave her a hug. She's like crying because she's so happy, you know, <laughs> and uh, she ended up having a couple more matches and her and her dad kind of looked at me when they were calling her. And I was like, no, no, I'm not coaching you. I was like, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to sit and I'm actually going to go back over here. and I'm going to be watching your match from afar and I'm going to be rooting for you to win. And she, you know, she ended up doing her gi division. She did great in her first match, which was awesome. So, as I said, like her no-gi divisions were over. She won double gold and she won her intermediate and then won the expert. And then 
uh, she had her gi divisions. Well, her first match was against a girl that she has never beaten. This girl's beaten her at three different times in competition and submitted her every single time. Well, without me in the corner messing things up, she went out and she beat this girl on points four to two. And it was, I mean, honestly, I was so happy. I was just so happy and excited for her. And it was just a huge, like I told her after that match, I was like, when you come to the gym, next time you come to the gym, I'm promoting you. I don't care. Like you're getting a promotion, maybe even two, you know, cause she's still getting kids belts. So she was walking around in a gray and white belt and she's way better than a gray and white belt. Honestly, she, she looked like a good yellow belt that day. And so I didn't want to just skip four belts. So I ended up promoting her to gray and black belt on Monday. So, you know, huge shout out to, to Natalie cause she definitely earned it. But yeah, as I said, you know, just really listen to that, uh, listen to this story and just understand that, you know, sometimes the best thing you can do as a coach is to support silently and to be there for your athlete, you know, be in their corner from afar. And, you know, you, you'll see sometimes some students are going to perform, not just like perform better, but perform multiple levels better. And they're going to perform uh, to, um, you know, a level that they're not going to be able to perform if you're in, uh, if you're in their ear on the entire match. So hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Um, and I just keep loving uh coaching you know more and more each day i'm falling in love with it more and more it's just such a blessing to be able to you know help and influence young grapplers and even old grapplers um you know their journeys as you know we all try and get better at brazilian jiu-jitsu so if you guys ever have any questions about coaching you know whether it's you're having trouble you know, helping a student reach their potential or, you know, just reaching a student or what type of game they should work on or how you can help us, you know, a student get better, you know, reach out to me. I would love to, um, you know, help you help your students better. Until next time, guys. Peace.